Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today. I'm real excited about continuing our studies in that great document from St. John Paul II entitled The Role of the Christian Family in the Modern World. It was written in November 1981. That means at the time of this recording, we are at the 40th anniversary. I got a hold of this document as a Protestant pastor in 1989. I remember it quite well. It was either the last week of October or the first week of November in 1989. And by July of 1990, our whole family were Catholics, and it was this document that did it. I am going to take a different perspective on the role of the Christian family in the modern world today. I've obviously thought a lot about the document. Everybody has a certain door they come into the Catholic Church or or get to see something, because I saw not only the doctrine of marriage and family in the modern world, which I felt even at the time was very critical, but I also saw the papacy standing up for marriage and family in a modern world, including saying some things that really weren't popular at all, but for the good of the family, he was willing to say that. So I've thought actually now for decades about this document, and here's what I'd like to share with you today that I don't think is widely recognized. And in this 40th anniversary, I want you to listen very carefully to the document as we go through it. And the reason I want you to listen to it so carefully, this might surprise you. You think, well, this is a family document. It's just nice, warm, and fuzzy stuff about marriage and family. No, I believe this is a urgent and timely prophetic message, a prophetic message. No, what what are you talking about? Prophecy means you have to wear a robe and go around with a sign, the world's ending, or something like that. No, Sometimes a truly prophetic message, first of all, the prophet doesn't have to toot his own horn. He just speaks truth to the contemporary world. I believe that St. John Paul II was a prophet for the modern world. He was a lot of other things. He was a great pastor, uh, did a whole bunch of things, but he was a prophet, including a prophet for the family. This is what John Paul II said just four years before he became Pope. I don't know if you're aware of it, but he was in the United States for the 1976 bicentennial celebration of the United States of America, our 200th birthday. And this is what he said, reported in the Wall Street Journal, quote, we are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has gone through. I do not think that wide circles of the American society or wide circles of the Christian community realize this fully. We are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church of the gospel versus the anti-gospel. If you ever want to hear a prophetic message given to the United States of America and the modern world. And to top it off, this was in Philadelphia 
at the 200th anniversary of the United States of America. And here you have a man who in just four years is going to be Pope of the Catholic Church telling us we're in a stage of history. He's not giving you any dates about the end of the world. We're not going to know that. Jesus was rather clear about that. But the stage of history we're in, he says, this is the final confrontation. We are now in it. Okay. That was a prophetic message, and he saw the overall conflict. Then B, which is our subject today, he wrote the role of the Christian family in the modern world. It was his apostolic exhortation. And this is from the introduction of that document. The family in the modern world, as much as and perhaps more than any other institution, has been beset by the many profound and rapid changes that have affected society and culture. And when he spoke this, uh, and again in 1981, this is the role of the Christian family in the modern world. What I read to you is just from the introduction. This is in 81, and we've had about, what, a full decade or so after the sexual revolution blew through the United States. And people think, well, the sexual revolution was a sexual revolution. What does that have to do with marriage and family life? Just about everything. Uh, You know, God puts the Ten Commandments in stone so they're not modified or changed, although the 60s, my generation, sought to change those. Uh, No, they're for our good. And when God says don't commit adultery, and and that commandment includes all kinds of like premarital sex and all that other type of thing, what is he trying to do? He's trying to guard marriage and the family, because if you guard marriage, you're guarding the family. And he recognizes there's been profound changes. And then he goes on. This is from section three of the role of the Christian family. At a moment of history, in which the family is the object of numerous forces that seek to destroy it or in some way deform it and aware that the well-being of society and her own good are intimately tied to the good of the family. The church perceives, this prophet, John Paul II, perceives in a more urgent and compelling way her mission of proclaiming to all people the plan of God for marriage and the family. This is how you renew society. It's not four-year election cycles. I vote every election cycle, off years, primaries, the whole bit, but that's not the way you renew society. It begins in the home, and from the home, it goes into the culture, and then after the culture, it goes into politics. Otherwise, you have a little every two-year rebound one way or the other, but we still have this slide going on. This is how you renew it. And he's talking about now, not just under stress, he says there's forces that are trying to destroy the family and deform it. I don't know if you're aware, but some of the people in the homosexual movement early on saw the family as an obstacle to their full acceptance in society. And now we have the highest laws of our land recognizing things like so-called same-sex marriage and gender confusion put into law. Uh, These are things which are going to affect the family. They're affecting young people, and the young people get married. 
It goes into their families. It goes into the culture. So he goes on in the next section, section four, and says, quote, the church ought to apply herself to understanding the situations within which marriage and the family are lived today in order to fulfill her task of serving. You know, one of the hardest things, and I've studied biblical prophecy for decades, literally decades, and I'm convinced that one of the hardest things to understand when you're trying to understand prophecy is to know what time it is. I'm not talking about things that are going to happen in the future or things that happened in the past. What's in front of us right now that we're just taking for granted, maybe taking as normal and whatever? And what he is saying, the church, to really help families, have to know what time it is. Now, what time is it? This is the Pope who just a few years before the role of the Christian family in a modern world says this is the greatest historical confrontation humanity has gone through. This is the gospel versus the anti-gospel, the church versus the anti-church, and the final confrontation. I believe there is a direct connection with John Paul II being the Pope of the Family. I don't know if you're aware. He, he wrote another document, which we have to do some broadcast on, called Letter to Families. To my knowledge, it's the first time in all of the 2,000 years of the Catholic Church that a Pope has written a letter to families. And here he is expressing himself as the Pope of the Family, established a pontifical council for the family, institutes for studying marriage and the family. So the Pope of the Family is also a prophetic pope. He knows what time it is, therefore he is and becomes the pope of the family because he knows where the action is. And if we're in a final confrontation, where is the squeeze? Where is the thing that's really being attacked? And there's a lot of things being attacked, but where's the bullseye and if you can knock down the bullseye that really the society and the church fall apart. Well, we go to another prophet, Sister Lucia of Fatima. Cardinal Kafara, a great man, was appointed by St. John Paul II to set up the John Paul II Institutes for Studying Marriage and the Family. And by the way, these have all become unraveled recently with a lot of the good guys and professors being uh, shown the door and other people that are not John Paul II type folks uh, put in charge. But nonetheless, Cardinal Kafara was facing a lot of obstacles and challenges. Um, and you do find challenges. If you're trying to support something like marriage and family life, the sanctity of life, the sanctity of marriage, hold on. You might think, oh, those are harmless. You know, I've had a Category 4 hurricane take off the roof of my radio studio. Uh, just a, a year and a half ago, I had a tornado that just went through a very tiny slice of Greenville, again hit the computers in my radio studio. Is this coincidence? Well, maybe it is, and maybe 
Uh, we've lost power in here three seconds before I begin a, a radio series on trying to help parents keep their children out of the homosexual culture. And boom, all electricity goes off. The computers are shorted out. The router is shorted out. And there's no lightning anywhere. I'm just saying I can understand Cardinal Kafara having problems, probably 100 times greater than anything I've experienced, in setting up the Institute for Marriage and Family, the John Paul II Institute. So Sister Lucia obviously was going to pray for him, but she wrote back and said the following, and I urge you to listen very carefully. Quote, there will come a time when the decisive confrontation, I'm just going to pause there. I began this broadcast with John Paul II's quote in 1976 in Philadelphia, talking about the greatest historical confrontation. These are not random statements. Sister Lucia, again, there will come a time when the decisive confrontation between the kingdom of God and Satan will take place over marriage and the family. We are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has gone through. That's John Paul II. This is Sister Lucia. There will come a time when the decisive confrontation between the kingdom of God and Satan will take place over marriage and the family. Now, that means marriage and family life is in the bullseye. And uh, my personal expectation, not everybody believes this, but my personal expectation is that we are going to see an increasing velocity in cultural, political, moral, and ecclesiastical decay in the years ahead. And I really, really hope I'm wrong. But unfortunately, when societies willfully turn away from the light of Christ, God in judgment lets that culture go its way. He does this to individuals. He does this to countries and cultures. If you willfully want to turn away from Christ, the judgment is he'll give you up to your willful desires. And that's frightening. So, C.S. Lewis predicted what I believe we are facing right now. That's what time it is, the abolition of man. And the abolition of man, according to John Paul II, the bullseye of the attack of the final confrontation will be over marriage and family. Now, Jesus also talked about the times of the final confrontation, and he told us exactly what it would be like. This is from the Gospel of Matthew, he says, As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. So the days of the final confrontation will be like the days of Noah. So if you're a mom and dad listening, or grandma and grandpa, you're thinking to yourself, well, how should we then live our family lives and our extended families if this is what time it is, if we're living through an historical confrontation? Well, the answer is remarkably simple. We basically do what Noah did. Noah made it through a period of history that was a mammoth confrontation, and not everybody was on board, but the epistle to Hebrews says in chapter 11, 
By faith, Noah, being warned of God concerning events as yet unseen, there wasn't any rain falling in the flood, he took heed and constructed an ark for the saving of his household. You see, all the big grandiose plans, and big grandiose plans are great, don't get me wrong, they, they, they have their place, but the primacy, if St. John Paul II was right and we're in a final confrontation, then the primacy has to be on marriage and the family. And the same with you listening to my voice right now, your primary focus isn't getting your corporation to the next level. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a socialist. I think it's great to get your corporation to the next level or earning that advanced degree. Get the advanced degree. Use your mind for the kingdom of God and glorify God with your mind or whatever it is. But don't forget your marriage and your family life because they are under attack. And you say, well, I'm not going to go out in my backyard and build an ark. might not be a bad idea to build a replica for your kids. You can have a great Bible study after you're done. But here's the deal. The ark was a precursor or a prefiguring of the Catholic Church, the boat of Peter. And this is where you find safety and refuge in the great confrontation. And what is it saying? A vibrant Catholic life lived in the family is the Noah's strategy for the days of Noah. Noah took heed. He lived by faith. He saw what was going to happen by faith. He didn't see it with his eyes. And he kept the faith alive in his family. We can do the same thing. The family is the ark of salvation in the modern world. And this is what we're to do. And you don't want to start looking for indicators that your neighbors up and down the street are doing it too. It'd be wonderful if they were. But our culture, to me, one of the most severe judgments that's falling on the United States of America, and I'm not talking about simply the immorality and all that other, I'm talking about the loss of reason, which C.S. Lewis, again, the abolition of man— uh, losing what makes us unique among all of God's creatures and losing our reason. I just use one example. It's just one bothered me for whatever reason. But to see a man who thinks he's a woman in the Biden administration be awarded his fourth star, an admiral in the United States Navy, four-star admiral, a man who thinks he's a woman, and I don't know if you're aware, but there's a growing conflict between the United States and China, and the United States Navy is going to have a whole lot to do with that. And I can't imagine what enemies might think of the United States making four-star admirals out of a man who thinks he's a woman. I'm just saying we've kind of lost our reason. But in any case, wherever our culture is going— um, and be cultural warriors and fight that. But the beginning of culture is in the home. You can't lose sight of that. And your family is a cell, and it's the initial cell of both the church and the wider culture. And how you live your faithful Catholic life in your family 
can preserve the faith during the times we are living in, okay? Now, let me tell you what's coming up in the first Sunday in Advent, November 2021. And I just, if I, I can just pause for a minute and tell you about a slight case of schizophrenia I've been suffering from for the last few years. I'm using that term metaphorically. I have taken life coaching training, and I'm very aware that you keep on track, so to speak. And I've been doing faith and family radio and concentrating on Catholic marriage and family life. Uh, let's see, we just hit 29 years of the family life center anniversary, just bumping up next November on our 30th year. And I had the strongest impression that I was supposed to start Luke 21 radio, which I'm doing as a companion broadcast in biblical prophecy. And I knew from my coaching training, you don't go veering off the track that God's put you on. And I've developed thoughts over the past few years, but really this week, coming back to the role of Christian family in a modern world and seeing it and its author, St. John Paul II, as a prophet, and this document is a prophetic document, I can see that if in the scope we're in a final confrontation, and a lot of times it's very hard to see what's right in front of you, and the bullseye for that is going to be marriage and family and related cultural things that will destroy that, I now see why I'm doing both Luke 21 Radio and Faith and Family Radio, because the two are related. And the family document that's prophetic for the days of Noah. This is like Noah got very specific instructions how he was to make his ark, which, by the way, was this huge structure. It's about 450 feet long, and he had all these details. Well, what do we do? God doesn't give us any blueprint. Oh, he has. He's given us a prophetic pope of the family, and he's giving us a document with the blueprint on how we might engage our family life to survive days like the days of Noah. It's this simple, this profound, this life-changing, this revolutionary, and ignored. But here, let's get back to the gospel reading on the first Sunday in Advent is from Luke 21. And in Luke 21, it says things like, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, distress of nations, men fainting with fear, with the foreboding of what's coming on the world. And then they'll see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, look up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life, that that day come upon you suddenly like a snare. In other words, keep awake, keep focused. For those days will come upon all who dwell upon the face of the whole earth. But watch at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And that's the gospel reading for the first Sunday in Advent, November 2021, 
from Luke 21. Now, I have been uh, searching out some of the Advent sermons by St. John Paul II to get a sense of how he used these texts, like Luke 21. And in the process of researching for that radio series, Luke 21, I got a hold of a homily that St. John Paul II preached before he was St. John Paul, before two years before he became Pope. But he preached a homily on Luke 21, what you're going to hear the first Sunday in Advent, and this is what he said about that text in Luke 21. My guess is uh, 99% of you will not hear that on the first Sunday in Advent, what St. John Paul II said of this text from Luke 21, but here, here it is. The moment which we are living is maybe very similar to the moment described in today's gospel reading. Let me say that one more time. The moment, the moment which we are living is maybe very similar to the moment described in today's gospel reading. Luke 21, starting verse 25. He goes on to say, it gives rise to much reflection. Well, that's an understatement. If you understand what Advent's supposed to be about, we're going about our lives. We're busy with the cares of lives. We're flipping through pages on our phones, having a great time, 500 movies on streaming services and uh, about this and about that and all the different cares and seeking this and that. And the purpose of Advent is to wake us up. The purpose of Luke 21 is to wake us up. And so St. John Paul II said way back before he became Pope in preaching the homily on Luke 21, this passage gives rise to much reflection. Some of it deeply pessimistic and fearful of catastrophe, but I would urge you to strive to know what hour it is. And you might say, well, wow, what do we do after hearing something like that? My suggestion, read and heed the role of the Christian family in the modern world. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 363 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to learn more about Catholic family life.